So Sam, Wait, I'm start. starting? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I guess I'll just jump in since you're already laughing at me. Um, it's been a week. I don't know if anybody else feels the same. But, uh, you know, there have just been... Look, it's a season of... Um, of learning for me and in my household. And this week, there were just a couple things where I, I think I just, I got to the end of my rope. And I kind of, maybe some of it is exhaustion or fatigue, or I, I don't know the reasons behind all of it. But one of them <laughs> that I know you guys saw, cause you're already making fun of me, was on Instagram. And I love, don't get me wrong, I love the channel. But one of the things that I participated in and noticed for years now is that pretty much every woman, not pretty much, actually every woman <laughs> that, I, that I know and follow uses similar filters on Instagram. And I had this moment this week where I, I opened Instagram to record a video. And for whatever reason, maybe I hit a wrong button or something. It was automatically on that filter where it just makes your whole face look airbrushed. It's like, uh, it just turns you into like a blurred doll version of yourself. And I thought that was my actual face. <laughs> like I had this moment where I was like, huh, good day. And then I swept <laughs> to the actual original <laughs> view of my face. And guys, I was scared. I was um, physically alarmed at my actual <laughs> face. And I had this moment of reckoning where I was like, wait a second. If I'm scared of a real human face, and to be fair, these have been some rough days. So maybe I'm not looking my best right now. But it was just so jarring to me that now what I considered normal was not even an actual human being. Like it's unless you are an actual baby, maybe a fetus, like you do not have skin like that. You don't look like this airbrushed, perfect, weird, like no pores version of yourself. So I just decided like I'm done. And not even only for my own sanity to remind myself that like, hey, it's okay to get older. It's actually a, a sign that, uh, hey, you've survived. But that I don't want my children, we already know it's not good to compare yourselves to other people, but they're comparing themselves to a version of humanity and femininity that's literally not a thing. <laughs> like that it's, it's not real. It's not, it's impossible even for the most gorgeous woman alive. So I just decided that I'm done with all the filters. And, um, you know, it's strange. I know you guys know this, but this young generation, like one of my favorite things about them is their commitment to authenticity and to being real. And, and yet we are addicted to all these filters. We use more plastic surgery than ever before. So there's some, some hypocrisy in all of it. Yeah, it makes me just wonder about comparison in general. Like for me, I think about like with social media, oftentimes we compare followers or likes or people who are doing things that you wish you would do or if you worked hard enough, you, you wish you would have thought of. And just how that's so dejecting. Like it's so really saddening, even if you're doing something awesome, when you compare it with somebody else, it's going to feel like you're doing something insignificant and just lame. And so, I mean, Sam, for me, hearing that, that's a bold step. You know, you said all the, all, everyone you follow, all the people that you follow on social media, 
they use these filters. And for you to say, hey, I'm done with it, that's a big step. But I think it, it points to a bigger issue of what happens when we compare. Like, what do we lose or what do we gain? And even better, like, like what's the purpose of comparison? You know, I, I think about in sports in general, right? We talk about you know, there's a winner and there's a loser and you got to go and, and, and be your best. But is it really about being your best or is it about just being better than the person next to you or across mm-hmm. from you? I, I kind of wish we were just at a point where we were, you know, satisfied isn't a word that people love using, but man, satisfied with doing my absolute best or being my absolute best as opposed to, hey, I'm, this is my best, but it doesn't compare to this person mm-hmm. or to that person. I'm so glad you said that. Steve, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I heard a Tim Keller uh, sermon one time about what Sam just said. So he was basically saying, like, you don't actually care if you're good at something. You just care that you're better than the next person at this thing. You don't actually care that you're rich. You care that you're richer than somebody else or better looking than somebody else. Yeah, you know, I think... um, What's fascinating is there's like a study that was done, I think a couple thousand people went through it and they were asked, hey, um, would you would you want to make $150,000, um, but your neighbor on both sides of you would make 175000 so they make 25000 more, um, or would you rather make 85000 and the people on the right and left make 60000 and it was like 95% of the people said 85,000, 85,000. And I was like, wow, you know, and, and again, it's just, I want to have a little bit more than the person to the right or to the left. And, you know, and, and I think there's, there's something right now that's happening. And um, this isn't my terminology. So someone else coined it, uh, but even on social, this um, curated imperfection, right? So it's like, Um, Mm -hmm. I look like I just got out of bed and I look perfect, but like sort of my life is disheveled, but it's (laughs) captured in the right, perfect light. And like, Mm -hmm. and it's like, just waking up before I get my (laughs) juice, you know? And you're like, what? Like, who's taking this picture? You know what I mean? Like, but it's, it's, it's like, this is how I start my day every day. And you're like, you're like an advertisement, Mm -hmm. um, of what though? Like, what are you, what are you pushing? And is that I'm better. Yeah. That I'm better. Or that my 999 filters are better, you know, (laughs) but it's, it's, I think that's the piece of, and I love that you said that ponder is like this generation um, that's coming up beneath us, like has this connection with integrity and authenticity. And yet we all have like our kind of parts of us that just want to still look good you know, and still kind of push out into the world like, hey, um, I look good. I'm better than good. I'm better than you. And it's like all those pieces um, that just just scare me because the human body um, ages. <laughs> the human yeah. body, you know, I, I have the filter, the normal <laughs> filter. That's It's the triple chin, you know, and um, <laughs> as we get older, our body just is like, okay. And again, I, I firmly believe in taking care of your body. Um, it is a temple, but I also think of like, okay, how we do that, why we do that, like the bigger motivations, I think are just so important for us to be wrestling with and asking. Yeah. I think about my, my dad, he's up in his sixties, getting towards 70 and he works out every day and, and in the gym all the time. And, and obviously working a couple jobs and doing his thing and grinding. But as he's in the gym, unlike most people who go to the gym, he literally is just there to be healthy. 
he's like, man, I'm getting older and age and movement. And, you know, obviously want to get, you know, my stomach down, all these different things. And like, he's there for the right reasons. I look at some of these gyms and obviously they've been closed because of COVID, but some of these gyms, you're not there to be healthy. It's like your body is literally not a temple. It's an idol. Yeah. Like people worship Ooh. how they look. And for me, as a, as a pro athlete, like my body is my moneymaker, for lack of a better term. It's, it's, it, I, I work out because, not that I have to, but I work out because working out will help me be better at what I do and therefore get paid more or therefore have more opportunities, et cetera. But many people at many gyms, and you see, and that's why you see so many gyms opening up left and right, they work out not because they're trying to be healthy. In, in, in fact, a lot of the, the ways that people work out is actually unhealthy. Um, even look at, at CrossFit and the, all of the, the injury rate there. Like a lot of people work out just because that's the thing to do. Now let my body be my God, for lack of better terms. So I can post these pictures or look this way in these clothes. And people don't realize that's not healthy. Not only is it not healthy for you, and you might think it's a good thing that I'm exercising, but too much of a good thing turns out to be a bad thing. And I think people miss that time and time again. Yeah, it's so hard to know uh, where the line is. Because we should value, um, you know, taking care of ourselves. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look your best. I mean, look, working in TV, it's always tricky, right? Because I can't tell you how many conversations I've had over the years that like, hey, we're kind of going for this look, or this is the, basically trying to say what I know they're thinking, but without saying it in a way that's going to get anybody in trouble. Because look, let's be honest, it's a visual medium. I get that. Like, I, I realized that when I was hired at 21, I wasn't hired because of my experience. <laughs> you know, like it's a tricky thing. And I, my concern though is now, before it was like you saw someone on TV or you saw a pro athlete and you knew what you were up against there, right? Like you're on TV, you've got all the lighting and all the makeup people and hair, whatever. You're a pro athlete. Like you said, your body is your moneymaker. Like you guys spend half the day in the gym. So there's kind of this um, separation in comparison. Generally speaking, I didn't have an issue comparing myself to that because I kind of knew what went on behind the scenes in that kind of stuff. Not saying that I would compare it anyway either way, but just I knew what I was working with. Now, the lines are so blurred because Steve, like you said, it's, it's all curated to look like this is just regular life. Here's me just, you know, walking down the street. Oh, I just threw my hair up in a messy bun. Meanwhile, it took me like 34 videos and 16 filters to make it look like I'm just, you know, natural girl. I'm the girl next door. Like you are not the girl next door. The girl next door does not look like that. I've seen her. Like, <laughs> like stop it. And, and there's something, I mean, look, you guys both have daughters. It's like not only do they have to deal with like the fitness guy online, <laughs> but they also have to deal with what they perceive to be beauty. Cause that's really what we're doing right on social media. We're saying like, what is beautiful? And that's been a tricky thing for humans really since like the fall of man trying to figure out what does this word mean and what does it actually look like to be beautiful. But now, um, it feels like we are setting ourselves and our daughters up for guaranteed failure. Like there's, there's no way to compete with that. There's no way um, 
to manage it. Even you think about like in a developing brain, when you are a teenager, you literally, your brain is not fully developed. Sometimes I wonder if mine is now. This person doesn't actually look like that. Like this is all very planned. They're actually very insecure. And this is what you do when you feel, I mean, because we've talked about this on past podcasts that like, I know for me, when I'm most offended or um, most outraged, or you can fill in the, the blanks, it's usually because I'm most insecure or when I'm like posting the most, like, please tell me I'm okay. <laughs> can somebody give me a little thumbs up, like an actual like, because that's what I need right now. I don't know how we as parents, or just even for ourselves, and maybe you guys have some ideas, how we even begin to fight against that. Because I'll be honest, as dumb as it sounds this week, for me to be like, okay, I'm no longer ever going to use a filter. A part of me was like, but I was just playing along. Like, if, if can we just make a truce? Can everybody <laughs> agree? And you're going through stories where you're like, well, wait a second, something, one of these things is not like the other, you know? Like, how do we, what do we even do to, to stop this, like, crazy train we're on? Yeah, that's tough, Sam, because, and I always think of you as a person who, I, I, when I think Sam Ponder, I think leader, right? You say, I'm going to go this route and people are going to follow me. I'm not following me. I'm not doing this because I saw somebody else do it. I'm not doing this because it's the cool thing to do. I'm doing this because I know me. I know what's healthy for me and not healthy for me. But then the second step in that is, is, you told us about this, I think, right when we started. You said, man, that, you, this is the, that, that post was the most commented on post you had from both men and women alike. So it seems like a lot of people are feeling these same kind of things. But what are the, my question is, what, is the, what are the responses, right? You, you they all say, my wife always compares herself. Thank you so much. I'm, I don't even know what girls look like anymore. Like <laughs> the comments were all, I did not, I can say this definitively. And I don't have um, things to weed out the mean comments on Instagram, so I know this is accurate, unlike Twitter. This is the only time I've been on Instagram for, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years. This is the only time I have ever posted something where I did not get one negative comment back. Every single one was like, thank God, please, somebody start. And sometimes I would look, it would be young girls, and I would look at their page, and it was clearly all their pictures were filtered. It was like people are begging, like, somebody else go first. <laughs> I don't want to be the one. And I know that, that, that like, I know how that feels. Like, I, I really want this train to stop, but I'm not going to be the one to stand in front of it. So if somebody else could, could jump in. And you know what I thought, guys? And maybe this is, I don't know how this sounds. But uh, I just figured if at my stage of life, I'm married, I've got three kids, I've got a great job, I, I want for nothing in the material world, if a woman in my position can't say enough with this crap, this is garbage, like what are we doing to ourselves? Then how would I expect a 17-year-old girl who's still trying to find her identity and her place in the world to be like, no, I'm not doing this, you know? The courage it would take at that age, sometimes I think we're asking too much of these people with undeveloped brains, you know? like So good. I've not ever talked about this, but I, I wonder if this is like connected. Um, you know, like the, the whole prosperity gospel thing, like if you pray, if you give, then God will bless you with health and wealth. I mean, that's like at like it's like baseline. But I find that in our culture, it seems like the, the healthy, so like the good looking, those that have resources, the wealthy, like 
they, they experience a level of favor. And it's like, everyone wants that. Everyone wants to be seen. It's just like this, it's like the opposite coin of the prosperity gospel. It's like this, just this sense of, Hey, if you, if you look a certain way, then you will get people's favor and you will, you will see seemingly look like you have received God's favor because you have resources or you have like, you have it all together. And I see people just chasing it. And so like, when I think about the, the conversation, whether with my daughter or with my 12 year old son, or just even with 20 somethings, I, I just want to interrogate it. Like, why? What's the impulse? Like, what's the impulse to, to post that? Like, and, and those people that I have permission in their life, I mean, sometimes I'll call them and just ask them like, Hey, what, what was that about? Like, I'm not coming as like a, a pastor. I'm just coming as a friend who's just like curious, like what's well, like underneath that. What's like the hidden motivation? And I think sometimes, like you said, ponder, like, it's like, I just want to look good or I want like someone to give me a, a like, or I'm feeling a little down and I'm looking for like some sense of affirmation that I, I matter. And again, so much of it's connected to identity. So much of it's connected to being comfortable in our own skin. So much is connected in how we d- desperately desire to uh, be perceived in a certain way, like we're good enough or have it together. And, and, and I struggle with that. I mean, and yet I, I found myself just like having to really, really wrestle. And I think they're the right questions to wrestle with. Sometimes I just don't want to give it the time. Uh, sometimes I don't want to get curious enough about my own stuff or my own like kind of holes in my, my story that I'm trying to fill in some other ways besides of grace. Like, but you, you feel that. And I think the conversations with our kids or the conversations with our friends is, you know, how do we interrogate it, get curious about it and really try to get, what's the thing beneath the thing for why we're actually doing this? But see, that's the problem, Steve, because what happens when I have a buddy who, I mean, he was going through it. Just, it just seemed like lost his job, relationships weren't working, friendships were going down the drain. Like he was going through it. And this is sometime last year. And it was at that point where I saw the real him. And you could feel that because I've been there. I've, I've felt those feelings, the, the, the real life. And then as of recently, you go to his Instagram page and it just looks like this. It literally is a perfectly curated picture by picture, living the life, living the dream. Yeah, I might post out a blackout Tuesday pic, but outside of that, living the life, living the dream and doing my thing. And I'm like, bro, you know, this isn't real. You know, this isn't real. And so for me, there's a concern of, and I, now that we're talking, I need to reach out to him. There's a concern of, hey, what, what are we trying to portray here and why? Like, why is it that, yes, now we finally arrived? And have we arrived? Is this really, quote unquote, the life? Because I know that, like Steve talks about the thing beneath the thing. I know there's something under there that hasn't been fully healed yet. Healing doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And so I know that there's still something there, but why is it so important to us to portray to the world that, hey, look, we've got it together. Hey, look, we are okay. When in all reality, a lot of us are broken and are ashamed. For me personally, just naming my emotions. This is, I went through a season of meeting with a counselor and, and even talking with friends like Steve and people just saying, hey, this is what's really going on. And I, I low-key am still at that season. Uh, I was supposed to meet up with one of my buddies last week. And I, and I didn't, I was supposed to call him today and I didn't. And finally I was like, Hey dude, honestly, there's some stuff that I'm just not ready to, I'm not ready to talk about right now. Mm. 
and I didn't know what else to say. There's somebody else who's been wanting to hang out. I've been avoiding because I just, I don't know if I'm ready to really expose how I'm really feeling about a lot of issues in life right now. I'm looking for a safe space. And I think there's something really healthy about that. If I'm being honest, I think there's something really healthy to be able to say, hey, I have a lot of these emotions going on. No, things are not okay. Yes, there are some good days. And yes, there are some bad days, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, I think it, at least for me, it all goes back to us chasing something that, and I'm not saying anybody had bad intentions, but that we were all um, in one way or another misdirected on as children. Like this, get all this stuff and you look a certain way or you have a certain, for men, if you have a certain level of, of power or clout or success, then you've made it. Right. And there's this like underlying theme of like, then you will be enough if you just get to that stage. And I think we've all tasted that life enough to say like, that ain't it guys. <laughs> like, and it doesn't matter who you ask. I mean, there's a great Brad Pitt quote about it. There are people at every level. I mean, all you have to do is look at the lives of people who are at the very top of whatever. If it's Michael Jordan, if it's uh, name whoever in any industry who is supposedly the most famous, the best, they'll all tell you the same thing. Like the stuff that we think that if everybody just told me I'm beautiful, even if it's just to make themselves feel better, like it will never be enough. And yet we're on this hamster wheel, if you will, um, most of us for our entire lives. And I'm hoping that this generation's interest in authenticity and kind of just like laying all your stuff out there, um, which I think the, the older generation is like, whoa, no, we didn't do that. Like this is the generation of leave it to beaver and like, you know, Ricky and Lucy are sleeping in different beds. Like we, we just make it all look a certain way on the outside. And now in some ways it feels like it's completely flipped. We're now just deal with me as I am, right? Like I'm going to say anything, I'm going to do anything. And yet we still find that in that generation that cares about all that, who, who has like the most followers? Like if we really think about what the messaging is there, like, yeah, be yourself, be yourself, but actually don't. <laughs> like, yeah. maybe say what you think, but, um, but deep down, we all know that, like, you clearly cannot possibly be comfortable in your own skin when you're constantly trying to change your physical appearance or whatever it may be. It's different for everyone, whatever that thing is that you're trying to make look a certain way, make yourself look more successful or look more intelligent. I love how I, I always bring up Tim Keller, maybe just cause he's way smarter than me, but like, I love how he talks about, there's a group of people who find pride in like fitting in and being cool and being attractive and all that. And then the other group of people find pride in like, I'm not like them, right? Like you're the, I'm the rebel, I'm the, but they're both pride. I guess I just struggle with at this point, how do you, it almost feels like the ship is so off course. Like we're, we're headed this direction. I don't even know how you start to inch it back. You know, like I, I do think being honest about this stuff and how you feel <coughs> matters, but I'll be honest with you guys in my position. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I want to be authentic and honest, but I also still want a job. <laughs> like, uh, I don't want to be someone who rides the fence and who doesn't really 
whether it's um, being honest about what I really think about things or how I really look or whatever. You want to be authentic, but you still want to be able to be in that tension. I just ordered uh, Bob Goff's book, Dream Big, and it talks about just, I, I haven't even read it. I literally just got in the mail, but in the, I just looked at the very beginning pages and the very back ending pages. And it just talked about the middle, for lack of better terms. These aren't the words to use, but I'll just use them. The messy middle. Yes, you got it too. Yes, yes. I love it. Sam is holding currently Dream Big, Bob Goff's book, and my book, which I think we're just going to make this announcement now because I've been alluding to it the last couple episodes. So I got a book coming out, um, honestly, a little bit inspired by just like the way that Goff tells stories as well. But my book is kind of what we're talking about now. It's called Let the World See You. And it's comes out October 13th. And I honestly would love for anybody who's um, listening to pre-order because it's going to be amazing. I can't wait for it to come out. But it just talks about this idea. Oh, yes, for sure. So samachobook.com. So you go to samachobook.com. You can pre-order it now. And uh, I mean, I'm so serious. Like like that thing is, it's going to be awesome. So I'm super excited about it. samachobook.com. Shameless plug. Um, but it's going to change your life. So pre-order that mug. But um, (laughs) it is (laughs) a good book. It's a good book. Yes. Ponder and I both have read it. It's I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And we're obviously he, he's we're not even paying us to say any of this. Either. I know, I know. We didn't even know you were going to drop the this whole like uh, book announcement right now. But since we're talking about actually letting the world see the real you, actually I'm glad really you actually thing. yeah, yeah I'm glad you're actually letting us see you, uh, Acho, because this has been something you've been like pen and paper like after practices writing and story after story and dude it's like you're about to birth something into the world that is going to actually help a lot of people and it's totally what this whole conversation is about and so i'm grateful you're actually Are you making nervous? announcement i'm not nervous i'm just super ex- i'm i'm excited about it i've been i've been waiting like i've been sitting on this thing for a long time i'm not the we talked about it on previous episodes like I'm more about just content. I want things to be done well. I'm just, I don't care how great it looks, whatever. I just want it to be done really, really, really well. If the world hears about it, great. If they don't, great. I don't care. It was done really well. But with this thing, something's different. So like, I know this is done really, really well. And I'm not used to like pubbing myself. But for me, I'm like, dude, there's a message here that I think everybody needs to hear. Uh, it's that message that Sam we're talking about with the filters and with the fake. and this idea of, no, you are enough. Like I start off the book, I had a mentor in, in Arizona and he was getting ready to, he actually was 70 years old. He and his wife been married for 50 some odd years. And he posted a message on Facebook asking for permission to leave. And this dude is like a follower of Jesus, loves God. And I mean, I would go over to his house when, when my wife and I just got married. We're actually, today is our seven year anniversary of our Nigerian wedding. So like we're celebrating that, but like, I would go over to his house every, pretty much every single day after practice, off season, just to hang out and learn from him. And I moved, went to the Bears. He still lived in Arizona. And he had this message asking for permission to go. And it didn't make any sense, but I got on the phone with him because he had cancer and it wasn't getting better. And I said, dude, before you go, like, give me what you got. Like, what have you learned during your time on this earth? And he said, Sam. And he was only at like 20% of his voice. So he didn't have a lot longer left. And he said, Sam, out of all my time on this earth, I've learned two things, two things. The most important things that, I, uh, that I've learned he said, number one, get to know Jesus intimately. He said, there is no greater joy than getting to know Jesus intimately. He said, Jesus wants to be known. He wants to be known well. Get to know him. And he stopped. 
And I waited and I waited and I waited like I did all those days back when I was in his house, just waiting and waiting on the phone this time. And he said, secondly, Sam, the second thing I want you to know is that you are worth getting to know. Wow. He said, never forget that you are worth getting to know. And I think the whole point of, of my book and also the point of this conversation we're having right now, I think what a lot of people are dealing with is this idea of like, am I worth getting to know the real me? Yeah. Or, or is the filtered me what people want to know? The curated, messy hair, perfect picture. Like, is that what people want to know? And for me, the longest time, it was this, well, yeah, the guy with the, who always had the answers and the smile and football and success when the real me wasn't that. The real me was a mess and trying to figure it all out. And so this book is, it's pretty much my heart on paper, um, telling mm-hmm. stories about times when I let the world see me and the benefit that came from it. And also times where I hid and I was afraid and sometimes the pain and heartache that would come out of that. And so, so yeah, I'm actually, this is a, a major announcement, samachobook.com. Uh, pre-order it. Steve's writing the forward. Sam's got it in her hand right now. Um, <laughs> so I'm super pumped about that. But, but yeah, so, so let the world see you. And it talks about, it talks about what it is to like live in the middle, right? Like I'm not at the destination yet, but I'm trying. I, even, even with the book, even with the book. I reached out to somebody to write a to write a uh, an endorsement for it, and one of my former coaches, Mac Brown, and he said, "Well, let me know what you think. What you want me to write?" And I said, "Man, tell him I've known Sam for twenty plus years, and this man, he's the greatest, bro. I've known him for like eight nine years, dude." And, <laughs> and so, but and so at, it, like me, it wants to boast and boost and 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 show everybody how great I am. And after mm-hmm. as, as I texted him that, I had to send another text saying, "Dude, I'm sorry." Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, honestly, like I was trying to shine and look better than I really was when in reality, say, say what you think is best. But yeah. Um, yeah, like this is me. This is me and the stuff that I'm working on. I'm working on trying to really let the world see me. And even with my flaws and my failures and my mistakes and my doubts, I was talking to my mom on Father's Day. It was actually a couple of days ago, not even, not even Father's Day. We talked then, but we talked again two, three days ago when I was saying how hard it's been for me being a dad because... Oftentimes, I feel like I'm not good enough as a dad. You see, you see other dads, or whether it's pictures on social media or videos, or just people you see them. It's like, man, how are they so calm or so patient? And I know oftentimes I'll get very irritated at my, at really my son in particular, my oldest. I think he's the most like me, and so there are insecurities in me that I see in him, and, and anger usually ensues. You know, short temper, whatever. And I was telling my mom the other day, I was just saying, man, because she texted me on Father's Day and she said, you're a really good dad. And I saw those words and I literally like was on the verge of tears because for whatever reason, this last Father's Day was, a, was, was hard for me, more emotional than others, because this is the first time I actually realized, oh, I'm actually a dad. Before it was like, I just had the title. It was like the title, like, yeah, cool. I just do things. And, By the like, way, his oldest is like five. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. Like, it's like, he's just, <laughs> yeah, it's like, but before it was like, oh, he'll figure it out. But like, for whatever reason, there's been this weight of, oh, I actually, my job is to shape and to mold mm-hmm. and to train up my children in the way they, way they should go. So when they get old, they don't depart from it. And so she said that and those words hit me. And I said, man, I'm, I've just been struggling. I don't feel like I'm a good enough dad. And she stopped and my mom was just listening the whole time, listening, listening, listening. She stopped and said, no, 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 no. She said, don't even go there. Like, forget the fact that yes, you're a good dad, but it's not about being perfect. It's about trying. It's about the effort. It's about the, like the, the journey. That's what this whole thing is about. So don't ever get twisted and say, oh, I didn't do this or that. So I'm not good enough. Good enough is trying. Good enough is giving the effort. Good enough is saying, hey, I have some bad days. I have some good days, but I'm on this journey with you. And that's what my book is all about. 
That's why I I love your book, Sam, and the timing of all of this. One, I'm just really excited for you because this is a, a fun process and it's been fun to kind of watch it all come together. But the thing that I love about it um, and that I love about what you're doing in this season of life where you are kind of in the messy middle, just not knowing like what's coming next. I mean, shoot, none of us know. <laughs> Don't talk about the things that you're going through right now that aren't all like tied in a pretty bow, but only, you know, share about things that you've been through. And I grew up with that, right? In the church, that's really common. Like you hear someone's testimony and it's like, yeah, decades ago, I used to be this, but now look at, look at me now. <laughs> you know, And that, that's all good. And I'm not saying that's not valid, but what you're doing through this book and just through the way you're living right now, and it's something that, that I hope I'm able to to do too is just invite people along with you because that's what connects us is that we're all in this, you know, um, uncertainty together. Um, and that can be, that can encompass a lot of different things, but I love that you do that. You obviously tell a lot of stories from, um, you know, your time playing and your time in college and, and all that. But I, I love that the timing of all this, I mean, I don't think it's an accident. I just seeing what's going on in our culture right now on a variety of fronts, the timing of this book, I think is, um, is, I mean, I hate to sound like a, an old school preacher, but very God ordained in, uh, I shouldn't say I hate to sound, not like it's bad to be old school. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm just about, I'm about to sound like a, an old ESPN announcer. Um, <laughs> from Louisville. Um, but uh, no, I totally agree though. I think Honda, you're, you're, you're spot on. And, and, and Ancho, you're a great writer. Like, yeah. Usually, like when someone writes like their first book, you're like, "Oh, I can see parts of when, especially when you know that person, I can I can see parts of their voice in that story." But then I'm like, "It might be good content, dude. It sounds like you. It yeah. feels like I I hear your voice, mm -hmm. like, and, and it's not even an audio book. Like I just hear you and see you in it, and the stories you tell, the 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 questions you ask, the and I wouldn't have said it the way that Ponder did, but it's, it's spot on. Like you, you bring us into right now, which mm -hmm. is such a gift instead of like um, what so, so many people often do is they just, they, they're too afraid to sh share that. And I think it's so inviting. It's going to be um, a must read in October and I'm so excited for you, but I'm excited for those that are going to be able to go to samachobook.com and, and, and like pre-order it. Um, there and you for go. those, that was yeah, smooth, you like Steve. that. That's good, huh? It's not my first rodeo. Um, He's talked some books before, people. Yeah. So, so, so do that. You, you go now. Swipe Stop up. This swipe up on the podcast. Yeah. Swipe Shut up, the guys. filter. <laughs> He's got that pretty filter. Yeah. yeah. Ten thousand followers. We can swipe up. <laughs> oh man. We're idiots. Oh, see, this is oh, this. We're just making fun of, my, of, of myself. So, <laughs> welcome to our world. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's good. But like Sam, are you like when you kind of put this thing out there? Like even just saying that, hey, I'm I'm doing this book, and I want you to know. I think like even when you were joking with your brother, you know, your brother was like, "I'm the sheen," like Sam's Sam. the substance. And I just think it's so awesome because there is such weight to your words. There's such this 
um, depth and insight that you bring. Um, how do you feel like just even saying Sam Acho book.com? Like, do you feel like more comfortable writing it and just wish that like it could go away? Yeah. How are you living in that tension? Dude, I'm like a kid in the candy store right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm literally today was the day I started telling people. Um, so I'm like telling the world. So like anybody listening to this podcast, like they're some of the first people to know. Uh, I am so excited. And it's almost like you said, Steve, I would, I really feel like it was inspired by God. I don't know how else to say it. Like I would start writing and all this happened in all reality. It was at a really crappy time in my life. Like the crappiest of crappy times in my life. I had just been released from the bears after having an injury, after my friend passing away, house flooding. I was supposed to go on a five, uh, anniversary, five year anniversary trip with my wife to South Korea. My friend invited me to go speak into a football camp. Her, her, her wallet gets stolen with her ID and her passport and everything is gone. So I asked her, I said, do you want me to still go? I mean, it's her anniversary. She's like, dude, you're already committed. Just go. Like, you'll be fine. Like, I'll be, we'll be good. Um, that shows you the kind of wife I have. She's amazing. I go on this trip and I literally was going to go for a day. And it's, people don't know, it's like 17 hours to South Korea. But I was like, I don't care. I'll go for a day and come back. Like, I like flights. That's just the way I think. Um, and she's like, no, go if you enjoy it. Great if you don't. Because we were waiting. We, we, went to, we went to Atlanta. My wife was a, uh, was a Nigerian citizen. And now she just got her U.S. citizenship like two weeks ago. So we're super excited about that. But we actually, when her passport got stolen and her citizenship card got stolen, we went to Atlanta to the Nigerian embassy to get a new passport or something so she could travel. And we went there in February, hoping that it'd be ready by March and their printer was broken. So they couldn't print one. So I was like, I mean, where, like, where to do that at? Like, come on now, it's America, <laughs> you know, but, um, and so anyways, so she can't come and we were waiting, waiting. And so I, I get out there, I do the camp, speak at the, the, the business school out there, the, uh, George Mason University of the South Korea campus. And my friend had had this whole night planned out for my wife and I, like just a whole kind of night on the town, my, my babysitter's plan and everything. And my wife couldn't come. So my friend says, well, hey, I, the evening is available. If you want to hang out, we can. I was like, no, I'm good. I'd rather be with my wife right now, but it's fine. So I, I just went to sleep and God woke me up in the middle of the night. No joke. Like wide awake. And I just started writing. There was a, there was a pen and a pad in the hotel, inter, intercontinental hotel. I just started writing and the things I was writing, like I was going through it. When I say I was going through it, I was going through it. Like friendships, family, marriage, kid. I was going through it. And I had just been going so fast. I hadn't slowed down. Mm. Uh, no one knew I was going through it because everything on social media looked pristine and pretty and good and, and nice and fun and smiling. I, even the day, I mean, I, I was going through it. And so God woke me up in the middle of the night and I just started writing. And the things I was writing about were about pain and about fear and about doubt and about love and about heartache and about shame. And I haven't stopped writing. And so, and so this book is my heart on pages and to the point where I would, even, even in Korea, I, I wrote that stuff. I'd go back and read it the next day and be like, dude, who wrote this? <laughs> No joke. And, and, and the same thing happened with my book. Anybody who knows me, whoever knew me in high school and college in life, they know usually when I do work, I need, I need complete silence because the way my ears and brain is set up is I could just hear. I'm so distracted so easily. I could just hear anything. I need complete silence if I want to write, if I want to work. And for whatever reason, the only way I could write was when I had my headphones in, listen to music. And it was songs about God's love for me. 
songs about like his kindness. It was almost like he was like chasing after me. So I would just write and write and write. And nobody knows, like nobody knows this. So like y'all too and whoever's listening to this podcast are y'all the only ones who know this. My mom. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, even with the book, I'd write for hours. I'd go back and read what I wrote and I literally would, would be confused as to how those words got there. No joke. And so when you ask Steve, when I say, you know, about the book and sammachobook.com for pre-orders, like when I talk about that, I am excited because I believe that this book is going to sell hundreds of mil- millions of copies. I think it's going to change people's lives. My publishers, when I say that, they think, they think I'm crazy. I'm like, I don't know my God. Like y'all do not know my God. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's going to change hundreds of mi- millions of people's lives just by the words on these pages. Because it is for this very time, for this very season, we are in a place where, Sam, you know how social media is. For you to post something like something like that and get no negative feedback, I mean, I know I still but, can't believe it. I've never done yeah. anything like that in my life. Yes, and so, <laughs> yeah, so I can't wait for this book to get in people's hands. I cannot wait for people to pre-order it today. As soon as you listen, go to sammachobook.com, pre-order it, and then when you actually get it, like when you actually get it. Like send your feedback, shoot me a, a note on IG, Facebook, email, text me. I don't even care. Like just reach out. Oh, are um, you doing like me. full Bob Goff text? Like yes, two one four nine three eight five seven two six. If you're a home <laughs> team podcast listener, this ain't this ain't Mike Jones two eight one three three zero eight zero. No, two one four nine three eight five seven two six. Shoot me a text. Um, honestly, let me know what you think because we're on this journey together. I'm so serious, and so I'm beyond excited. Uh, for this book to come out to the world. I knew that the book was going to be something special when um, I called you one day. I still remember um, I was in the Fry's parking lot. So that's like an Arizona supermarket. And (laughs) I call you like loading the bags in the car and you were like in between teams. Like you were trying to see if you were going to like get picked up with the New Orleans Saints. They were like taking a, a, a look at you. And so you were out there for a training and I was like, Oh, how's the training come? And you're like, Oh, it was all right. It was great. I got two chapters done. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, man. Like I just flew out right here and I was by myself and I just like was able to charge for like two chapters. Dude, I, I could get signed. It looks like good. They're, they're, it's really great and would be awesome to be in New Orleans. But I do, I got two chapters done. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like you actually want to write a book. Like you actually have things you want to say. And I, I just think for me, it was like, to see your hunger for it uh, and then to actually read it and then um, to be able to kind of uh, just write the forward for it. I'm just so proud of you and it's exciting. It's really, really, um, yeah, exciting. And if you sell a hundred million copies, that would be amazing um, dinner on you for like the next five years. So, uh, but that's going to be, I truly believe it's going to bless a ton of people. So you've done this before. So do you have any advice for Sam on like, launching a book i mean i guess technically nobody's launched a book in the season he's going to be launching a book in um just because things are so wild but do you have things that you either wish you would have done or that you feel like were really good um that you did do well i think the the thought that i think for most first-time writers um and if any of you are like listening and like you know you're in the process of writing a book i think we often think like oh great i finished the book like I handed it off. They like edited it. They like put it and bound it. It's up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and like I'm done. Mm-hmm. And really um, publishers like help you get the book onto a shelf or into an Amazon like website. But you 
it's like 40% is writing the book and 60% is like actually doing the hard work of getting the book out and it's on you. And like, I didn't know that. (laughs) So I think my first book, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like I wrote the book. I'm like, you guys do all the work. And so it, it, it was like a learning experience for me to kind of go, Oh man. And then how to find your own voice. Like, I think I'm, I'm not really good at talking about my own thing. And I think like, you know, to have that energy that you have, Sam, that like, you're excited, you're proud about this and you believe it's going to help people and step into that and celebrate that and celebrate the stories and um, get people to excited about it and find creative ways to, to, you know, in my opinion, let the world see them. And, and, you know, I think, I think there's these moments that on social media or through friends um, to, to be really creative um, in a unique way. And, um, I think your personality, Acho, is is just so dynamic and inviting, and uh, it'll just be fun to see how like God like inspires you uh, to get the word out. Um, so I think I did mine like through like it, like a, probably a typical pastor would, um, and I think some days with other books I might do it a little bit differently. So yeah, I love that about you, Sam, in this season though, because. I, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but to me, um, the best salesman is is one who doesn't seem like a salesman. And uh, like whenever somebody's like, oh, wow, he's like a salesman. I'm like, mm, he's probably not telling it. You know, like that. I just picture like the slick back hair and yeah. I don't know, just a bunch of like words all jumbled together and not really sure what any of it means, even if it sounds good. And you're not like that, you know, like there's just such a natural authenticity about you and I I think back in the times of my life where I've been the most nervous always been if I'm being asked to sell something that I either don't use or don't know about like when I was on game day we would have these like corporate sponsorships sometimes and it's like this thing it would be like a certain kind of soda that I wouldn't I wouldn't even be drinking soda at the time I'd like sworn it off years before and I'm like drink this, you know, and you're super, you're so uncomfortable. But I think that's what's so great about this spot that you're in is it's not pride in a like, oh, look at me. Let me, you know, sell some books so I can buy a yacht. Although if you do buy one, I would love to come. Um, But but it's more just um, confidence in knowing that your story has value in terms of the way that it's going to help other people process their own lives. Um, in in a, a season of life where we'll do that in a way that's productive, which you definitely do in this book, I think it's, it's really powerful and I'm so excited to see it. And hey, you've got a little launch team here. So if you wanna just go ahead and pimp us out and, <laughs> and have, are you allowed to say that? Can you say pimp us out on the Facebook? <laughs> No, that's awesome. I'm so excited. I'm even honored to be, even the people who, who have heard about it, uh, just the feedback I've gotten has been super positive. Like some of the people who, who are writing endorsements for it or some, you know, it's people who I've shared it with, just like, like I said, endorsing or whatever, you know, just to edit. Like the feedback has been super positive. One of the editors initially, when I first, first wrote it, he was looking through and he had his edits. But at the very, very end, this is what brought me great joy. He, it made me smile. It made me say, okay, yes, this is good. He wrote, his name is Kevin Harvey, and he said, Sam, at the end, after all the edits, he said, he got to the last chapter, and he said, Sam, thank you so much for writing this book, for being vulnerable, for being real. I can't wait till it comes out. I'm going to get a copy for my son. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was the validation that I needed of like, 
this guy's job is to say this book is trash. Let's edit and change. And mm-hmm. after all that, he said, dude, thank you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I said, all right, God, like, yeah, this thing, this thing, this is yours, not mine. Yeah. You know, and so that, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Samachobook.com. Who knew this was going to turn into an infomercial? I'm going to start using <laughs> yeah. my infomercial voice. <laughs> Tune in next time on the home team. Check out samachobook.com. Guys, this is why they pay me the big bucks. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Buy three right now. And you <laughs> You know hey, what? We'll, we'll throw in 37 bucks. I was like, I Straight probably got Sam's phone number. It's, you know it's one of those numbers. You know those companies now where it's like Jennifer Aniston says, text me. And we're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Like, sure. She's like, no, I really get it through my agent on a phone with 75 million other texts. <laughs> Um, okay, real quick, can we just, I'm sorry. Can we just change this, this subject for one second and oh, ask Lord. about one thing on social media that I have to see if you guys are paying attention to? Oh, no. What? If Jay had Instagram, I mean, are you following I'm Jay Cutler? You guys, is he going to find these, these chicken murderers tomorrow morning? Because I know. I can't take it. This is actually you guys hear, like Okay, Cutler. here's a hot take. You ready for my hot take? I'm, I'm about to drop some Emmanuel Acho statements on you right now, okay? You guys, if Jay Cutler would have shown publicly this side of his personality, this dude would have been a freaking, like, Hall of Fame beloved athlete with the Bears. Where was this? Where, where was this? Where, all we saw was, like, the stank face smoking Jay Cutler. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, look, I already knew the guy was obviously smart. He went to Vandy. Like, you would always hear from people who know, knew him well that he had, like, quick wit, <laughs> super dry humor. I'm telling you, if this dude would have got on Instagram back in the day, had a whole different career. Hot take is done. <laughs> I'm with you, though. I think it's crazy, too, because, like, now with the the separation filing for divorce and there's this like well it's, it's getting just, serious now but <laughs> it gets it gets like all just this like oh here's this guy and she used to run his account like, to be me. i know and so now it's, Wait, it's sam i need to know sam are you silent right now because you have no clue what we're talking about or because you're trying to be political because you're still connected to the bears and things get iffy what's really i have, I have is no both. clue <laughs> i have no all exactly C is both i have no and this is not my political answer. I have no clue. Um, I do know Jay. I met Jay back in, I was in high school. And one of the first ever football camps I went to was a camp at Vanderbilt. I went with a buddy named Will McNutt who listens to the podcast. Shout out to Will. St. Mark's High. And, and um, I mean, I was, that was literally the first football camp I ever went to. I didn't even know, before I even knew I was going to play in college. And I met Jay Cutler. Didn't know anything about him. But, he, but everything you say, the driving humor, all that stuff. Right? Well, then fast forward eight eight or so years later and we're teammates and everything you that everybody knows about him it was the same i saw that and so i don't know what you all are talking about right, right. now i haven't seen you it, got some homework sam macho got you. everybody at home and sam macho after you go to samachobook.com <laughs> go to instagram.com slash if jay had instagram and i'm telling you i don't even know why it's so entertaining to me it's not like he's like Say anything so profound. I just need to know who killed these dang chickens. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to And you got to go back like a week. It's probably been going on yeah. for six days. So like, you got to go back and it's just him trying to figure out what, like Ponder said, it's killed these chickens. 
and then he he like has these conversations with his like his his hens he's got he's all, this whole plan of like their personalities he's getting like free gear people are like voting on who they see, think this is what, where i get cynical steve this is where my cynical side comes in because there's there starts to be some random quote unquote product placement and let me at this thing i'm like are, do you know who killed these chickens already but yeah. you've got some guns to sell at the end of this week and so you're trying to keep this thing alive i'm a conspiracy theorist i'm sorry i love it i thought about it today when i saw that when i saw the gun come i was like mm-hmm. oh this is yeah. he's getting a lot of free stuff now i get mm-hmm. it so but it's Not still that he needs it's the free stuff i think yeah, he's doing yeah. all right but uh <laughs> whatever it's, it's cereal for the farm if you're a cereal yes. podcast listener so yes yeah it really is though all right. I we, love our we have podcast. About everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Anybody else want to talk about just anything <laughs> random they experienced this week? Thanks so much for tuning in to the Home Team Podcast. You can reach out um, to to us uh, on Twitter at the Home Team Pod um, or on Instagram at Home Team underscore Pod. But more than anything, uh, we're just grateful that you're tuning in. Thanks for subscribing and whether listening on Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher, uh, we're, we're, we're grateful. And if you can give us a review, that even mean more uh, and, and subscribe, that just mean the world. So um, again, if there's any ways that we can serve you, uh, please let us know. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Grace and peace. See you next week.